0: going to establish some truths in the word of God concerning healing. We are going to lay a foundation tonight so that you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God loves you and that he is full of mercy and he is full of healing Compassion. And God is not the kind of God that He looks down from heaven and He says, ooh, I really like them. I really like her, but there's something about Him that I don't like. So I'm going to put this sickness and disease upon them. No, we'll see it in the Bible, throughout the Bible. Jesus love and Jesus compassion compelled him to heal all. Everybody say all. all. Now everybody say, I, I am, an all. am an all. So Jesus, so Jesus wants, me well. wants me well. Now see, religion has t- taught us a lot of crazy things. I'm not against Christianity. Christianity is a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But I don't like religious thinking that distorts our view of God and tells us things that don't line up with the Word of God. See, religion has painted this picture that God is going to get you. That God is setting up in heaven with a big fly swatter. And any time you miss it, splat, you're a goner. Or if he's in a bad mood, he just looks down from heaven and just starts throwing things down from heaven. And whoever it hits, this one might get tuberculosis, this one might get this, and this one might get that. No, that is not who our God is. And then this is a real big deal that religion will tell us, well, God's going to put sickness and disease upon you to teach you something. Well, you know, when you are flat on your back and maybe you spend weeks laying in the bed, unless you're a real dummy, you are going to seek the Lord. And you are going to draw nigh. So hopefully you will learn something. And hopefully you will get closer to the Lord. But it wasn't his best to put sickness and disease upon you to get you to draw nigh. If you are not here this morning, I encourage you to get the CD. Beautiful message. Pastor did an awesome illustration with him and Brother Al of what it means to draw nigh. God wants us to draw nigh. And he doesn't have to use anything of the devil to teach us a lesson or to get our attention. We need to establish the fact tonight that sickness and disease are not from God. If we're going to receive our healing, we must have an accurate picture and an understanding of our father and his heart. And His goodness. I want to look at a wonderful passage of scripture. We'll look at it from the amplified version over in Psalms 145 verse 8 and 9 again in the amplified version. I'll give you a moment to find that because we want our eyes to feast upon the word of God. Do you love the word? Oh, the word is rich. The word is life and health to our flesh. You can be healed tonight Right there while you're hearing the word of God. Because the Bible says he sent his word and healed them. So I want to encourage you. You start right now releasing your faith. Getting your expectors out there. Because Jesus is in the house. Psalms 145 verse 8 and 9 in the Amplified. The Lord is gracious. And he is full of compassion. He's slow to anger and abounding in mercy and loving kindness. The Lord is good to some. Is that what it says? The Lord is good to those that he really likes. The Lord is good to all. And his tender mercies are over all his works. Graciousness. Goodness, full of compassion, slow to anger. We ought to like that one a lot. Abounding in mercy and good to all. I like what one man of God said about good to all. He said he is so full of compassion that he cannot be a respecter of persons in bestowing his mercy. Just think about that. God is so overflowing and full of compassion that it makes him be good to all. He's not a respecter of persons. He loves everyone the same. Hallelujah. He loves you as much as he might as he loves Billy Graham. Now there are men and there are women of God that have learned how to respond to the love of God. And have learned how to draw near to him. So they may have a richer fellowship and relationship with him. But he loves you just as much as he loves them. He is good to all. His nature is such that he just wants to pour mercy and graciousness and compassion out unto all of us. That's who our God is. Just think about it. In, even in being born again, the Word of God says he is not willing that any should perish. Does God send anybody to hell? Does God want people to be eternally separated from him? No, the Bible says it. He's not willing that any should perish. It goes on to say that whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't matter your race, your creed, your background, doesn't matter your age. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Well, if he's not a respecter, a person in whosoever will getting saved, doesn't it stand to reason that he would be that willing that you would be healed as well? Because our Lord Jesus Christ on the same day that he died on that cross and shed his blood for our redemption, for our salvation, that same blood that poured out to wash away our sins was that same blood that poured out of those stripes that he took upon his back. And when those stripes were placed upon his back it was for our healing. Our Lord Jesus has done a completed work. Some people might say well isn't salvation more important? I want to declare to you tonight that salvation is all inclusive. Salvation includes the saving of your So Salvation includes that you will be born again. But salvation also includes the healing of our body. And on that same day, on that same cross, when they placed the crown of thorns upon his head, those crowns of thorns went into that beautiful brow and those thorns were for our mental torment. Salvation is a completed work. Spirit Soul, our mind, our emotions, and our physical body. Jesus loves us so much that he didn't want us to suffer in any single area. He wants to heal all who are oppressed of the devil. As a matter of fact, we'll look at this verse in the King James Version. Familiar passage over in Acts. Chapter 10, verse 38. Hallelujah. This is what Jesus came to do. This is why Jesus died for you and for me. Of course, for our spirit salvation, but also for our healing. This is what He was anointed to do when He walked on this earth. And my Bible says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Anything that He did in His ministry when He was here physically upon the earth, He's still doing today. Hallelujah. Healing has not been done away with. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good. Now what was the good that he went about doing? Well it tells us the good that he was doing was healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Our Lord Jesus is a good God. He's a good Savior. And he went about doing good. Healing how many? Healing how many? Anyone that came in contact with the power of God and would believe on him and receive that anointing that God had anointed him with. All were healed and all were set free. Oppression, depression, possession, whatever of the enemy. Those, all of those things are works of the devil. They fall in the same category with physical sickness and disease. And that same anointing that will drive disease out of your body will drive mental torment out of your mind. Hallelujah. Jesus was anointed to heal all. Jesus was anointed to set the captives free. Let me just give you a real simple truth on how to keep your doctrine straight. Because some people are confused. Well, if God put this disease on me, then I shouldn't be praying for healing. It's real simple. God is a good God. And the devil is a bad devil. God is a good God and the devil is a bad devil. So the simple fact of the matter is outlined for us in James 1 17 in the King James. I'll just quote it to you. It says every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the father of lights "...with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning." What kind of gift comes from our Father? What kind of things come from heaven? Every good gift. Every perfect gift. Is arthritis a good thing? Is leukemia a good thing? Is cancer a good thing? Is AIDS a good thing? Well, then it didn't come from God. Every good gift and every perfect gift Amen. comes down from our Father. Right. For us to receive yes. His healing power in our lives, we must be convinced that God is not the author of that thing that has attacked our body. Amen. It's so that we can expect and receive His healing compassion. Amen. That's right. We got to know. That every good thing. Healing is a good thing. Yes. Deliverance from depression is a good thing. Amen? Amen. That comes from our Father God. Now let's look back over at Psalms 145. If they don't have it up there, that's fine. Once, Psalms 145.8. Again, it says that the Lord is gracious. The Lord is full of compassion. And he abounds in mercy. If you study out the words compassion and the words mercy, you will see that they are from the same root word. The Hebrew noun, R-A-C-H-A-M-I-N. I can't say it, but it's a Hebrew word. It translates into both mercy and compassion. The Greek verb, E-L-E-E-O, I know somebody in here could say it, but we won't take time for that. (laughs) And it means have mercy and have compassion. So we're establishing tonight, if God is full of compassion, Mm -hmm. he's also full of mercy. If you need mercy in your life, his mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you've done something stupid and you've pushed your body to the max and you haven't gotten proper rest and you haven't eaten right and all of these things and something has attacked your body, then what you need to do is say, mercy, oh Lord, have mercy on me. I have played the part of the fool." You know, if it's been, has been cold out here, maybe you've been going out in the cold and you weren't properly dressed, didn't wear a coat and you got attacked with the cold. Then you need to say, Lord, have mercy. And guess what? He will. He has compassion and he has mercy that he extends toward us. Now, listen to the definition of compassion to love tenderly. To pity, to show mercy, to be full of eager yearning. Years ago, I found this one simple definition that I love so much. Compassion. Love with the eager desire to help. Love with an eager desire to help. Yes, our Father loves us. But that love motivates Him. To give. That love motivates him to act. Listen to this statement. Love has no true meaning when it's only a feeling. But love is a fact when love is an act. Listen to that again. I like it. Love has no true meaning when it is only a feeling. But love is a fact when love is an act. God could have looked down at the human race after he created Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve missed it. They disobeyed God. Fell into sin. Mostly Adam, right? No. (laughs) No, we won't go there. We'll stay in the spirit here. But God could have looked down and said, you know what? I really love you, man. I really love you, dude. I love you so much. But you messed up. And you got yourself in this situation. So, hey, know that I love you and I'll be praying for you. But I just hope that it all turns out and you can figure out your way out of this. God could have done that. He could have, with his voice, said, I love you, Adam. I love you, Eve. Which he did. But that's not what he did. Of course he loved them. But that love motivated him to act. Compassion. That eager desire to help. And we all know John 3, 16. Can you quote it with me? For God so loved the world that he did what? That he did what? He gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loved humanity so much that he gave. And he gave his best. He was motivated by love and compassion. That love compelled him to act. Now we have a little granddaughter who's t- about to turn 2. We just got back from Livyland, I call it. <laughs> Went down to Livyland, and this little darling, she's precious. But I can remember when she was born on April 7th in 2009. She's about to turn 2. And what if we came home from the hospital and we came back up here and I called down there and I said to John and Lindy, "Well, how is Livy doing?" We don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Well, we love her. You know she's so cute and we really love her. But we figured, you know, that if she really knew that she was our kid, she would find her way home. So we left her at the hospital. We figured she's time for her to grow up and take care of herself. <laughs> Well, you know what I would do? I'd get on a jet immediately and I'd go get that baby and take care of that baby. Because something is wrong there. If a parent doesn't have on the inside of them to take care of their children. But I know John and Lindy, they love Livy more than anything else. They don't even mind. And she's still doing this sometimes because she's crawling out of her little toddler bed. Doesn't want to stay in there. So in the middle of the night, she crawls out of her bed and they see her just standing. Lindy said she stands by the edge of the bed and she has her head down because she knows she's not supposed to be in there. But you know what they do? They pick her up and put her in their bed. Oops. (laughs) But as a parent, you'll do anything for your kids. You're motivated. You love them and you don't just say it in words. They don't just lay in bed when she's crying in the middle of the night and say, Livvy, we love you. Livvy, we love you. Or when she wants something to eat, Livvy, we love you. Go to the refrigerator and get it for yourself. No. (laughs) They're motivated by that love to act and to take care of her needs. How much more does your earthly father love you? Parents, there's wonderful, good parents in this world, but nobody can love their kids like God loves us and desires to do good things for you. He has an overwhelming yearning to help us, to bless us, to heal us. You know, in the, in this world that we live in, Even in the Christian world, most people believe that God can do anything. You ask them, they'll say, oh, yeah, God is God. God can do anything. God is all powerful. And he is. We magnify him. We know how powerful and how great. He is. But God doesn't want us just to magnify His ability and His power. He wants us uh, branded on the inside of us that He's willing. Yeah. He's not just able. Yeah. He is willing. That's right. yes. Wouldn't it be an insult to your character? It's somebody that was close to you and they knew your situation and they came up to you and they said, you know, I really need help. Pastor Kimberly, I really need help. I need you to drive me somewhere or whatever. I know you've got a car. I know you have the day off, but I just don't know if you're willing. That was kind of, that's an insult. Especially if it's one of your kids and they say, you know, mom, I need you to do this and do that for me. But... I don't know if you will. I know you could, but I don't know if you will. That's an insult yeah. to our character. That's saying there's something wrong with you. That you, you've got this ability, but I'm not convinced because I, uh, that you're going to do it for me. Well, it's the same way. God would rather that we doubt his ability than his willingness. Yeah. He is willing. He loves us. He wants to show forth his compassion and his mercy in our lives. It's up to us to receive what he's done. It's up to us to respond to his willingness. Amen. Now there's a, a verse over in Micah chapter 7 verse 18 again in the Amplified uh, King James. I'm saying to you how willing he is to heal you, how willing he is to bring deliverance Amen. into our lives. And sometimes the word willing isn't even enough of a description of how much he wants to. So I want you to see in this passage of scripture, we'll just see this one phrase in Micah seven eighteen. It says this. We can re- re- just forget all the first part. It says, he retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth. Everybody say delighteth. Delight. Delighteth in mercy. Delight literally means to take great joy or Pleasure in God isn't just willing, but he is delighted. He takes great pleasure in showing you mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And extending healing compassion. Anybody in here want to receive his compassion? Want to receive his mercy? Oh, yes. He delights in showing you mercy. Mercy. There's another scripture in the New Testament. In Luke chapter 12, verse 32, it says, It is the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. He delights in showing mercy. It is his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. What is in the kingdom? Healing is in our kingdom We have rights. We have privileges because we are born again, because we are new creations in Christ Jesus, because he has extended his power toward us and he has raised us up and made us to sit together with him in heavenly places. You and I are joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. We have come into the kingdom of God we're part of the family of God and it is his good pleasure to give us what is in the kingdom what do you think is in the kingdom of heaven do you think that health and healing are in the kingdom of heaven do you think that blessings financial blessings are in the kingdom absolutely he said he'd meet all of our needs according to his riches where in glory My Christ Jesus, whatever you have need of is in the kingdom. If you need peace, righteousness, peace, and joy are in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. They're in the kingdom of God. We have kingdom rights and kingdom benefits. And it is our father's good pleasure to give them to us. Oh, how he loves us. Everybody lift your hands right now and say, oh, father, I thank you for your love. I receive your love, your goodness, your graciousness and your mercy. mercy. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, just picture this. This is how vast. God's love is for us. Picture this. Suppose that the Pacific Ocean was above us. And all of a sudden it was let loose. That water would gush down and it would fill every crevice. Every nook, every cranny of this part of the world. Well, that is a picture of God's bountiful love and compassion. Hallelujah. That he wants to let loose in our lives. God is not anything as much as he is love, mercy, and compassion. You know, the Bible doesn't say that God is power. Although he is, he's all powerful He's all majestic, but the Bible doesn't say God is power, but it does say God is love. Yes. The love of God draws men to him. The love of God causes people to respond and say, yes, he loves me. So why wouldn't he want me? Well, well, why wouldn't he want me to live long upon this earth? Why wouldn't he want me to have good days and to enjoy a good life? Because he's a good father. How? He loves me. It is not faith in God's power that secures blessing. But it's faith in his love and his willingness. It's not what we... What God can do, but what we know that he yearns to do that will inspire faith. Over and over in the New Testament, and we're not going to go on and on tonight. We won't take time to look at all of these passages. But over and over, the Bible talks about Jesus being willing to heal the sick. And it talks about that he was Moved with compassion. He didn't look at the sick. He didn't look at the blind. He didn't look at the lepers that came to him and say, I love you. No, he was moved to touch them, moved to reach out with a reach of faith, to reach out with that anointing that God anointed him with, and he saw blind eyes open. He saw the leopards to be healed. I love this one passage over in Mark chapter one. We will look at, we'll look at that one just to, so you can see this. I know that you read the Bible, but I want to establish this tonight. Jesus is willing to heal in Mark chapter one in verse 40. This is the account where one of these leopards came to him in the King James. It says, and there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, if thou will, thou canst make me clean. Yeah. What was Jesus response? Well, brother, I don't know if I'm going to do that today. You've got leprosy. I don't want to touch you. No. Just think about that. People didn't touch Lepers. In that day, just the very act that Jesus touched him was an act of love. The very act that he wasn't full of fear and sent him away was him displaying his compassion. Look what he said. And Jesus was moved with compassion and he put forth his hand and he touched him and he said unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. In this one passage, we see Jesus was moved with compassion and Jesus established his willingness. And the Bible says that immediately the man was cleansed of his leprosy. Now there's different ways that healing comes and oftentimes it is gradual and oftentimes it is a process that we use our faith and we receive that anointing and then we go our way and we confess and we stand on the word and that's great and that's good. But I believe that we're coming into a day and into an hour when we're going to see some immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand. And immediately the leprosy was gone. I was reading today all throughout Matthew, all throughout Mark, and it was just phenomenal. And you ought to do that. Just read the incidences of healing. And time after time, it said immediately, immediately he was moved with compassion. He stretched forth his head and immediately the blind eyes opened. Immediately the lame walk. Immediately that woman with the issue of blood it was healed immediately God is a God of the suddenlies and we're coming into a day and into an hour we've been praying we've been believing for signs wonders and miracles don't you be discouraged tonight if it's not an immediate because Jesus heals and he heals all the time if we'll release our faith but if you're in this place to Tonight, I want you to, to begin to say, Jesus, I know you are willing. Jesus, I know you are full of compassion. Jesus, I know nothing's too big for you, nothing's too difficult for you. Jesus wants to do it because He loves you and because he loves humanity. Yeah. Jesus loves the world and he is not a he's not opposed to showing himself strong. Yeah. He went about healing. He went about delivering people that they weren't born again, but he went about doing it to show God's love and God's compassion. Yeah. I grew up in the same area of the country that brother T.L. Osborne grew up in. His sister was my Sunday school teacher and he would come to our church and show these videos, these movies back then, the old real to real kind of these crusades all over the world. And he said something as a little girl that stuck in my spirit. He said healing is the God's dinner bell. And he would say he would go into these nations where people people were bound by false religions where people had never heard the name of Jesus. And he didn't get up there and preach four points and a poem. He got up there before he ever preached and said, I am here representing the true and the living God. And the true and the living God wants you well. He wants you healed. And people would jump out of wheelchairs. Blind eyes would be open. Phenomenal things would happen. He said, It was God's dinner bell. It was God saying to the world. God saying to the unbeliever, I am your answer. I am the true. I am the living God. I am the most high God. So don't be selfish about it. Yeah, God wants you well because he loves you. But when he heals you, when he touches your body, when he delivers you from a terminal illness, give him all the glory. And be a blabbermouth for Jesus. Let the world know that it's Jesus of Nazareth that has passed your way. Jesus of Nazareth has healed your body. Jesus of Nazareth. Lazarus has set you free. Oh, glory to God. If you don't have this book, you need to get it. It's called Christ the Healer. I was so moved today when I read this. Pastor had left to come down here for a meeting. I started running around the room, worshiping God, shouting. Oh, yeah, Lord, I believe this. And I see this coming. F.F. Bosworth. This book was written in the 1920s. And he said, I have never seen anything that would so break down all the barriers and bring the people from every quarter as a manifestation of the Lord's compassion in healing the sick. We have found in our revivals that as soon as the public find out what this saying Jesus is doing, they come. From the Methodist quarter. They come from the Baptist quarter. They come from the Catholic quarter. They come from the Christian science quarter. They come from the unity quarter. They come from the spiritualist quarter. They come from the Jewish quarter. They come from the poor man's quarter. They come from the rich man's quarter. They come from every quarter and multitudes hear the gospel and give their lives to God who would never Ever attended a meeting like this if it were not for the healing miracles that he was performing? Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah! It's not just about us. But it starts with us. God wants you well. God wants you strong. God wants you to be filled with joy so that you can finish your course and run your race. But folks, it's about those coming from every quarter. Because when Jesus is magnified, when it's noised abroad in the East Bay, that there is a healer in the house. People will come. It doesn't matter what kind of religion they are or they aren't. If they've got a terminal illness, they will come to the healer. And I'm declaring you a... We've been praying. We've been believing. And I'm telling you, there is a healer in this house. Hallelujah. Oh,... I got some more scriptures, but I'm telling you the healer. Woo! He's in the house. Oh, my Sibakorinda. How he yearns to pour out his compassion. Oh, it's like a sembra. Liquid love. I just sense it rising up. Even in my spirit. Liquid love. Like a river. Woo! it's like there's a Oh ho ho. ho and a mandrabo oh, sombra. Woo hallelujah how he desires to display his healing mercy. Oh how he loves us. Oh how he loves us. Oh how, he loves us. Oh, how-